This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Before the break, we discussed why cases of myopia or nearsightedness have steadily increased over the past few decades. Excessive screen time. But time on our devices doesn't just negatively impact our eyes. Research shows that staring at your phone or computer all day can contribute to anxiety and depression, to physical pain in your back and neck, and make it harder for you to fall asleep. But like all tools, there's a way to use it to help instead of hurt us. So joining us now to talk through the good, the bad, and the ugly side of having so many opportunities for screen time is Marshni Chetty. She's an associate professor in the Department of Computer Science at the University of Chicago. Welcome to Reset. Thank you. Also with us, Dr. Josephine DeLuca-Polsky, Interim Associate Director of Primary Care at Loyola Medicine. Welcome. Thank you so much. So, Marshni, earlier in the hour, we were talking about how too much screen time is contributing to nearsightedness or myopia over time, right? But what does it do on a day-to-day basis, particularly when it comes to our sleep? Right. Well, I think especially with kids or even adults, um, spending more time than we intend to uh, can contribute to sleeplessness. So a lot of technologies are actually designed to keep you on there. So, for example, in Netflix or things like that, you know, you have autoplay where things automatically play a piece of content once one piece ends. And when you have these lack of stopping cues, whether it's for kids or adults, it's really hard for us to know when we should move on to something else. Yeah, so when Netflix says, are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of keeps going. Or even with some of these things that younger kids are using, like Instagram, they have things like infinite scroll where you're mm-hmm. scrolling down content and it never ends. So, again, there's no stopping cue to say, hey, it's time to move on. So another way to refer to this is dark patterns. Yes, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Dark patterns or manipulative designs. And a lot of them are designed to capture your attention. And so, again, you may intend to only spend a certain amount of time on technology, but then end up being on there a lot longer. You're sort of in a time fog. And that can happen to a kid. It can happen to an adult. And, of course, this can contribute to sleeplessness. All right, Dr. Delugopolsky, I mean, how does this mess with our circadian rhythm? Well, it completely messes with our circadian rhythm because let's say you plan on going to sleep at 10 p.m. Well, if you're on your device, again, our brain is kind of wired to keep watching. So you may not go to bed till one o'clock and you still have to wake up for school the next day or work. Um, So it decreases the um, production of melatonin. And so melatonin helps us with our circadian rhythm and helps us go to sleep. So if you have less melatonin, um, you won't sleep as well. I see. Yeah. Uh, And and so some of us take supplements to to get more of that in our system. Exactly. We either take supplements, plus also remember that um, the screen And by some of us, I mean me. Yes, all of (laughs) of us. Um, So the screens also emit blue light, so it wakes up our brain, stimulates our brain. It's like having a cup of coffee or out in the sunlight. Um, So you're not going to be able to fall asleep, so even if you put that phone down. um, So some of the devices do have a night mode, so it decreases a little bit um, of how much blue light we're exposed to. Um, So that's always, I always tell my teenagers or people are doing uh, schoolwork uh, to try to set a time where the night mode goes on. So you have a little bit of less blue t- blue uh, light that's emitted. So those blue light glasses, um, do they really work? I don't know. I've never tried one. So I, or I, I wonder if that's just money down the drain. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so uh, kids who have complained about chronic headaches uh, when they were at home doing e-learning, uh, they found that using those glasses did help with headaches and eye strain. Um, so again, I think it's different for everyone. Uh, depends on how, how often you're on uh, that. But a lot of adults are also using it. I've had uh, adults who have been working from home. Um, they, they try to use those glasses and 
I have seen that it does decrease headaches. So, of course, tech isn't all bad for our health, Marshni. So talk about some ways that people can use technology and screens uh, to create healthy screen, uh, health, healthy sleep habits, rather. Right. Well, I think like it's all about um, thinking about modeling good behavior, first of all. So if you're an adult or a parent, I think if you're trying to set up good habits from your kids, you have to start young. And so you can't just say, well, you shouldn't be on the screen all the time if you yourself are. Do as I do. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to model this. And I think for each family, for example, it's different. You have to have those conversations with your kids and set boundaries. And there's no sort of one right way to do this. It's all about kind of finding what's right for your family. But by modeling good habits, you can get kids to start um, thinking about sleep, thinking about when they're using the devices, when they're going to put them down. And even if some things are out of bounds, like maybe there are no phones allowed at the dinner table, for example. But it's important to have those conversations when kids are young, because by the time they get to becoming a teen or even an adult, like it's too late at that point to say, well, hey, put your phone down when it was okay for the last few years. Yeah, I've right? got a 15 and a 16 year old. It is too late, Marshney. <laughs> right, I'm telling you right, right now. If yeah. I came home today and I was like, listen, I'm going to need to set boundaries. Exactly. I'm put that phone down. They'll look at me like I was. Exactly. Nuts. And so that's why um, a lot of parents that we work with, we try to say, hey, even though they're not on Instagram when they're in kindergarten, although in some schools they are, <laughs> um, you know, you should actually start having those conversations and model that behavior starting at an early age. Um, and then also add in those external stopping cues, like maybe say to yourself, turn off autoplay on Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, and add some of those kind of boundaries for yourself. Um, I know I've tried a lot of those app limiting tools and they don't always work. They so you have to work. be very, very. But we can um, certainly determined. try. Exactly. We can try. We can try. can try. There's also been research to suggest that tech or more specifically social media. And this is a part I really want to get into with you, uh, that it can make us more anxious and depressed. Right. Roshni. I mean, what does the research say about how that happens? Well, I mean, I think there's been a lot of research. And then even just recently in the news, I think a few years ago, there was a whistleblower from Facebook who was saying that Instagram can really be bad for teens for example, because of the content that they're exposed to and also because of the time they're spending on there. So, I mean, I think social media in general, especially with kids, if you're allowing them on these devices at a young age, can be harmful because you're not sure about what content they're going to be exposed to, who's contacting them, and even how long they're going to be on there. However, as you said earlier, not all tech is bad, right? And so technology, we really want to focus on quality and not just on quantity, right? Because sometimes social media can help teens, young people, and adults connect with others, right? So it's not all just bad, and it's not all going to end up with anxiety and depression, but we have to be mindful of those things. And that's why I think setting those boundaries early for either children or even us as adults is important because, you know, sometimes we need to switch off, and sometimes we need to recognize when a habit on social media is not good for us. Mm. Let, let's talk more about that, Dr. Dulugopolsky, and, and your suggestions for, um, you know, setting limitations for social media that could help curb some of these effects we've been talking about. So a lot of parents, they basically have no screens in the bedroom. Um, so that's a really great rule um, because you're going to use your screen. Parents can often see what their kids are watching. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're in the bedroom, you don't know how long they're watching uh, the screen time and you don't know the content either. So that tends to be a good rule to start when they're young. Uh, no screens in the bedroom, no TV, no iPad. Um, they have to be charged at the kitchen somewhere. I feel like area. you're talking directly to me right now because... <laughs> Uh, a little TMI this morning at 2 a.m. What what do I hear? And you know, down the halls, 
my kid laughing. Oh my gosh. And so I text her from my room. I'm like, go to sleep. <laughs> You're not alone. I have an 18 year old, 16 year old, and 11 year old. Laughing yes. at memes at 2 a.m. Oh, wow. And the other problem is their friends text all night long. There's no end to it. So there's really no downtime. It's hard for kids so no to. No screens in the room. So even if they go to sleep, they may be woken up by their friends um, sending them messages on Snapchat and different social media outlets um, at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. So their sleep. And not only is it short, it's also very disturbed. And social media, while yes, there's so many positive things, it can also make um, some kids feel very isolated. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all alone at the house. They're not having the normal um, interactions. So it kind of, it stunts their development of their um, frontal lobe. And so it changes the way they interact with people and they don't have as much empathy. They, um, their social skills are not as developed as if they were to have real social outings with friends, riding bikes, going out, because mm -hmm. um, you get to see body language, you get to see all the different cues of, of what it means to interact with someone. Um, and yeah. so oftentimes they don't see that. But also we see the social media, life looks wonderful out there on social media, right? Even if someone's depressed, they can look like they have the best life. They have everything possible. Right. And so your life all of a sudden becomes, oh my gosh, I don't have all that. So you I don't become, measure up. I don't measure up. I don't, um, I'm not as good as they are. And also bullying. Um, long time ago, if you got bullied at school, you went home and it was a safe place. Um, oftentimes bullies, they, it doesn't end. Uh, when you get home, you're still bullied um, and everything's recorded. So let's say you did something, you tripped and fell. Um, it was just the people that saw you. God forbid there's a video of it. Um, it goes viral and all of a sudden your uh, kids are laughing at you that don't even know you. Wow. You know, there's a 2015 study, Marshney, that shows that people vastly underestimate how much time they're spending on right. their phones. What do you think that indicates about our habits? I mean, I think it's just really hard to track. Like I mentioned, you can kind of get into a time zone, a time fog. You know, you're just sort of in the zone. It might be 2 a.m. and your mom might be texting you to go to sleep, but it's just you lose that time. And then again, because of this constant notifications that you're getting, if you haven't turned them off, if you do have it in your bedroom, I mean, I think it, it just makes it really hard to kind of stop and say, like, this isn't good for me. And I think, like I said, I try these apps limits you know where it says uh, i can't use my apps after five and i just say ignore limit ignore limit right so yeah. it's just i think it's really tough to track how much time you're spending online and um and that can lead to more time online we've done studies of people on netflix for example um and they've said things like well i just i do want to turn off i do want to just sort of chill out and so sometimes you want that time fog but i think it can be really bad for like kids and teens who maybe are not used to sort of self-regulating as much and so then when you don't have these stopping cues it can make it really hard to track the time that you're spending mm -hmm. so dr deluga polsky beyond harming our eyes right how else can too much screen time hurt us in the long run and how can we make better choices here so if fix our lives if you're on your screen <laughs> you're obviously more likely to be sedentary correct so if you're not walking around you're not getting sunlight outside you're not uh, getting to meet people um, so if you're sitting uh, obesity is a major issue and if you're sitting at home 
you're more likely to pick up possibly um, an unhealthy snack. Uh, whereas if you're riding your bike outside, you're not going to be eating potato chips while you're doing that. So obesity has definitely uh, become an issue uh, for kids who spend too much time on screen time. Mm. I see more and more kids and adults with vitamin D deficiency because they're not outside getting sunlight. Um, yeah, and that's, that's a big one. That's a big one for bone health. So if you're 10 years old and you already have vitamin D deficiency, um, that could really make an impact on your bone health when you're 50 and 60. I think the thing is, is like screens, they can make us feel good in the short term. Right. Exactly. Right? Short term. But when our brain... But you got to get off at some point. You got to get off at some point. But getting off is difficult. So our brain is wired uh, to to keep watching things and it activates our reward center. So if you get a like on Facebook, etc., it, it gives you a burst of dopamine. It gives you pleasure. And then it's instant gratification. And so the kids are used to instant gratification. And when that happens, um, they want that. So that creates impulsivity. So perhaps later on they're going to do an impulse buy or something to get that same dopamine response mm. that they had off social media. Um, and that can also create anxiety, uh, violent outbursts. Um, you try to take away uh, the social media iPad from the kids. There's some... Um, oh, there, there can be reactions. <laughs> There's some pretty difficult sure. reactions. But that's short term. Once they're off the device for a yeah. while, um, then you forget about it, right? You you all of a sudden are, are back into your reset mode. And your brain needs time off. Your brain, we need to sleep. We need to get off of our devices. For sure. You want to just stare outside at a window uh, and just kind of have your thoughts to yourself because yeah. you never get a chance to think if you're constantly being inundated with um, with stimulus. So 30 seconds to go, Marshani, but I need you to reiterate this, even though you said it earlier. Give us you know, ways to use our devices to use our screens less. <laughs> right. So I think it starts with self-reflection and figuring out like what is good for you and your family, thinking about quality, not just the quantity, right? So when you are on the screen, make sure you're doing something that's actually productive or giving you joy. And then also modeling good behavior. If you're a parent um, or if you have a caregiver to someone else, if you are not able to control or self-regulate, it's not going to set a good example for the kids that you're with, right? And so I think um, some of these things like no screens in the bedroom mm -hmm. is like a good way to start, like thinking about where the limits and boundaries need to be. Yeah. And then um, kind of building off from there and starting to have those conversations early. Marshni Chetty is an associate professor at U Chicago's Department of Computer Science. And Dr. Josephine Dulugopolsky is interim associate director of primary care at Loyola Medicine. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you.